Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray that you give us this day our daily bread, that as we go through the words of our devotion that you shall send to us the sustenance and manna from heaven that will be a means of strength and power to us as we go on our pilgrim journey. I pray, Father, that you grant to us the gift of your Spirit that you promised to give to us, that by your Spirit we will descend spiritual things. Help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord Lord in heaven, there is nothing I can personally say that will be the manna from heaven to those who are listening. Therefore, I pray, please put your words in my mouth that I may speak words that will edify, that will bless, that will lift us up and build us up into Christ. Do all this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage April 19 Sins that scar For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 23 and 24 The crime that brought the judgments of God upon Israel was that of licentiousness. The forwardness of women to entrap souls did not end at Baal Peor. Notwithstanding the punishments that followed the sinners in Israel, the same crime was repeated many times. Satan was most active in seeking to make Israel's overthrow complete. Balak, by the advice of Balaam, laid the snare. Israel would have bravely met their enemies in battle and resisted them and come off conquerors. But when women invited their attention and sought their company and beguiled them by their charms. They did not resist temptations. They were invited to idolatrous feasts and their indulgence in wine further beclouded their dazed minds. The power of self-control, their allegiance to God's law was not preserved. Their senses were so beclouded with wine and their unholy passions had such full sway overpowering every barrier that they invited temptation even to the attending of these idolatrous feasts. Those who had never flinched in battle, who were brave men, did not barricade their souls to resist temptation, to indulge their basest passions. They first defiled their conscience by lewdness and then departed from God still farther by idolatry, thus showing contempt for the God of Israel. Near the close of this earth's history, Satan will work with all his powers in the same manner and with the same temptations wherewith he tempted ancient Israel just before they are entering the land of promise. He will lay snares for those who claim to keep the commandments of God and who are almost on the borders of the heavenly Canaan. He will use his powers to their utmost in order to entrap souls and to take God's professed people upon their weakest points. It is now the duty of God's commandment-keeping people to watch and pray, to search the scriptures diligently, to hide the word of God in the heart, lest they sin against him in idolatrous thoughts and debasing practices, and thus the church of God become demoralized. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Sins That Scar. And our key text is carefully selected from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23 and 24, which says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction 
are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. We have seen how the children of Israel have left from their journey in Egypt, from Egypt to, and they are on their way to Canaan. This journey represents every person's journey who has ever believed in Christ. As we have already seen, there are up to 600,000 men already dead. They are not going to make it to Canaan. Which tells us that it's not everyone who begins this journey that will end it. Because of the various temptations that the devil brings along the way, many fall along the wayside. Jesus said, strive to enter into the narrow gate, for many shall seek to enter but will not be able. It is a reality that it is not all who begin the journey that will end it. For various reasons as we have been seeing, as we have been studying this Hebrew wilderness uh, pilgrimage from Egypt to Canaan, one of the things that the devil would use, especially on the brink of, 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 of the heavenly Canaan, just as you're about to enter, is what Balak and Balaam did. We have seen how these children, these were the, these people who are available now in Israel, are the ones who were the little ones, the children that came out of Egypt. These are not the adults. The adults are all dead. These are the children from 19 downwards. Now they are men. They are women. They are grown. And Moses is leading them into Israel. And the Lord has given them victories as they fought King Arad and they also fought King Sihon and King Bashan and they conquered all of them. They are valiant men now. The Lord is giving them victories. Balak, seeing the strength of these people and that God is with them, hired Balaam to curse them. He didn't want to go in a battle with them that is physical. There was no point in doing that. Balak was afraid on, of going in a physical battle because the people Israel conquered are people that has already conquered him. So there was it would be foolishness for him, he felt. And it is rightly so. It would have been foolishness for him to think of arraying himself in battle with the children of Israel. He would have been utterly destroyed and he knew that. And he was scheming other ways that he would use to destroy the children of Israel. And he has tried divination and divination did not work. But Balaam learned something. He realized that the Lord's protection was on the children of Israel as far as he found no iniquity in them. On Balaam's advice, he now knew that the only way he could bring down Israel was to bring iniquity into the camp. And we saw how he planned it out to cause the children of Israel to fall into sin. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 454, paragraph 2, let us just see how this built up. It says, At first, there was little intercourse between the Israelites and their hidden neighbors. But after a time, Midianitish women began to steal into the camp. Their appearance excited no alarm. And so quietly were their plans conducted that the attention of Moses was not called to the matter. It was the object of these women, in their association with the Hebrews, to seduce them into transgression of the law of God, to draw their attention to hidden rites and customs and lead them into idolatry. These motives were studiously concealed under the garb of friendship so that they were not suspected even by the guardians of the people." End of quote. This was a well-thought-out and well-planned event. We saw it how Moses himself later said, These are the women who plan to destroy you and then the Israelites wanted to spare them. He said, destroy them when they finally conquered the Midianites. But what we are looking at today is the means by which they got them, which is through luring them, using the women. In Numbers 25, reading from verse 1, it says, And Israel abode in Shittim. And the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. 
and Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people, and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men, that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phinehas the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel, and those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. Wow! Twenty-four thousand souls lost just at the brink of Jordan. They were at the at the border of the Moabites' uh, land, which was just not far away from Jordan. They were just about to go to Jericho here. Once they cross Jordan, the next place is Jericho. And after Jericho, of course, they are already in the land, even before Jordan, because the land of the children of Israel were before Jordan and also after Jordan. They were already there, just about to finish their journey, and 24,000 went. This was a scheme of the devil, and believe you me, this is the scheme of Satan for you and me today. He watches us. He knows that these people, they are planning to answer the call of God. They are planning and making advancements into the kingdom of God. They are making changes in their lives. They are getting help from God through the Spirit. His enchantments are not working. His divination is not working. He sees that God does not see iniquity in the people. And then he plans to bring iniquity because he knows that once the iniquity is there, then they cannot enter Canaan, then we cannot enter Canaan. But how did it start? We read in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 454, paragraph 2. It says that the Midianitish women, after a time, began to steal into the camp. And we need to ask ourselves, are the Midianitish women stealing into our camps? Patriarchs and Prophets, page 457, paragraph 3, tells us, As we approach the close of time, as the people of God stand upon the borders of the heavenly Canaan, Satan will, as of old, redouble his efforts to prevent them from entering the goodly land. He lays his snares for every soul. It is not the ignorant and uncultured merely that need to be guarded. He will prepare his temptations for those in the highest positions, in the most holy office. If he can lead them to pollute their souls, he can through them destroy many. And he employs the same agents now as he employed 3,000 years ago. By worldly friendships, by the charms of beauty, by pleasure-seeking, mirth, feasting, or the wine cup, he tempts to the violation of the seventh commandment. Wow. This is the plan that Satan has for you. Since you know it, then you need to guard yourself against it. This is the plan he has for me, especially those like we read here, those in highest positions in the most holy office because once he gets those ones, he can get the rest. We need to guard ourselves against licentiousness. But then, if we must do that, we must shun its very beginnings because great apostasies have little beginnings. What was the beginning of this great apostasy in licentiousness and adultery and idolatry? It started with the Midianitish women stealing into the camp up on, under the garb of just coming there innocently for nothing. Do you know, do you believe that there are people who intentionally have a plan to bring you down? I say it again, do you know that there are people who intentionally has a plan? Human beings, agents who have a plan to simply bring you down. I tell you that which I know and I will tell you that which I have experienced. That there are people who have the intention, women, men, 
who have the single intention to just bring you into adultery their plan is that you are a trophy for them and because you are acting all holy and all righteous correcting people dressing in a way that makes you look as if you are holier than others and then also avoiding so many things they want you to come down to their level and their interest is to see how they can bring about that and so they will steal into the camp under a garb of friendship i have seen it happen even they will try to act as if they are making changes in their life to become like you so that they will become your friend and they will come under various kinds of uh, excuses to win your attention and having won the attention then leading you into sin we need to be careful because the devil has such plans for us patriarchs and prophets page 459 paragraph 2 says satan is using every means to make crime and debasing vice popular we cannot walk the streets of our cities without encountering flaring notices of crime presented in some novel or to be acted at some theater the mind is educated to familiarity with sin the course pursued by the base and vile is kept before the people in the periodicals of the day and everything that can excite passion is brought before them in exciting stories they hear and read so much of debasing crime that the once tender conscience which would have recoiled with horror from such scenes becomes hardened and they dwell upon these things with greedy interest end of quote we see them oh those novels james hardly chase novels and then you look at those silhouette and harlequin novels of romance and then you just on the streets and the billboards you see them use all these uh, attractive ladies for the adverts and some of them are so blatant in their nakedness and seduction to make it commonplace to make it something that your mind continually sees therefore you cannot recoil at it and it becomes a normal thing for you that is part of the plan satan is trying to use these things to break down your barriers of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable so that when you keep seeing these things it becomes normal to you and then we have the newspapers the periodicals and then you go to the the, the social media the lives of the worldly people the base and vile people are kept before our faces continually for us to keep hearing of the evil that they do seeing the dresses they wear and seeing the entertainments that they do in all the stations and it becomes a normal thing for us it is part of satan's plan to break down the barrier so then what do we do turn your eyes away from these things there are people who intentionally plan it there are balams today in the church and there are medianitish women today in the church in the book of revelation 2 reading from verse 12 to 14 it says and to the angel of the church in pergamos write these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges i know thy works and thou and where thou dwellest even where satan's seat is and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith even in those days when antipas my was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where satan dwelleth but i have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of balaam who taught balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication verse 16 repent or else i will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth this is a message from jesus himself to the church in pergamos which we can apply to ourselves today do we have among us those who hold the doctrine of balaam who taught balak to cast the stumbling block that led to idolatry and fornication before the members of the church do we have those who are doing these things in our church how do we see them oh they come like ladies with their no low neck clothes that reveal cleavage and even some of them as they bend down you just see their breasts fall off and people see these things in the churches no one is correcting it tight-fitting dresses that almost show the nakedness and the color of the dress is just the, the the color of the dress has taken the color of the skin that's how tight it is seductive painting just like jezebel did 
people who set each other up and hook up in sexual relationships they are in the church Midianitish men and women whose sole aim is to see how they can bring men down to a piece of bread we are what are we to do about it we are to preach the straight testimony who is talking about these things there are young men who go from church to church and don't many of us know these things teenagers youths young men go from church to church scouting ladies ladies also go from church to church scouting men all their aim is to look for someone they can enter into some lewdness with some fornication with and then there are some innocent men too who don't even know their left from the right or even women too and people come they come in they come to the churches these medianitish women and the medianitish men and like i've said you can know them by first of all their dress and many other ways which I'll talk about. So how do we deal with these things? Because they are in the church of God. And apart from the church of God, they are stealing into our lives in YouTube, Facebook, and all of social media. And the mainstream media itself, with everything they are showing to us, it's just breaking down the barriers to make these things look common to us. And they are stealing into our houses by visitations. We need to do something about it. God has given us the solution. When we read the book of Proverbs chapter 2, reading from verse 10, it tells us how to solve the problem. It says, from 10 downwards, When wisdom entereth into your heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things who leave the paths of righteousness of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths to deliver thee from the strange woman even the stranger which flattereth with her words which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her god for her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. That, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of, of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressor shall be rooted out of it. So, what is this passage telling us? That when wisdom enters into your heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, Discretion will preserve thee and understanding will keep thee from all the things we have just said, whether it is the evil woman or the evil man. Wisdom, discretion, understanding, knowledge will keep us. Those are the four things mentioned. Wisdom needs to enter our heart. We need to have knowledge, discretion, understanding. Some people don't have the discretion. They cannot understand the nuances and the deceptions and the traps, snares that are laid for them and they enter into it freely without knowing as we come near the gates of the heavenly king and sita will employ the strategy that worked on israel on us the lure to adultery and covetousness great apostasies indeed have little beginnings it begins with a thought then a simple hello you say to someone then a chat or a visit all the while the thought is still lingering in the mind anytime we can fall into sin on any of these cases but when wisdom enters into our heart and knowledge is pleasant into our soul, discretion shall preserve us and understanding will keep us to deliver us from the way of the evil man and to deliver us from the strange woman. What is wisdom now? Let wisdom speak to us. Proverbs chapter 7 reading from verse 1 now. Hear wisdom so that we can be able to discern the temptations of Satan with respect to licentiousness and adultery so that we can avoid it. Proverbs 7 reading from verse 1 tells us, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and leave and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister. Call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman and the strange man also, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and behold, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near the corner near her corner and he went the way to her house in the twilight in the evening in the black and dark night and behold there met him a woman 
with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lies in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said to him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings and tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone a long journey. He had taken in a bag of money with him and will come home at the air at the day appointed with her much fair speech she caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips she forced him he goeth after her straightway as an ox to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stalks till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasted to the snare and knoweth not that it is for her life here is the wisdom that we need to understand how to avoid licentiousness. There's a lot of information. Remember that we read in Proverbs 2 reading from verse 10 that when wisdom entereth into our hearts and knowledge is pleasant to our souls, then discretion shall preserve us and understanding will keep us. This here is wisdom. If we analyze everything here, firstly, we see the lessons that we can learn from here. We are to be careful where we go to. This young man, as you see him, is going near the house of a woman who is a lewd person, who is the Midianitish woman. We must be careful where we go to. Many people go to the theaters, to the, to the cinemas, and there they are educated on the things that will lead them into adultery and fornication. Others will go to visit people in their homes. Going there, you know that maybe you have just yourself and a lady. And in your mind, you are thinking, oh, we are both holy. Not knowing that the devil can bring in thoughts into both people's minds that can lead into sin. Before these people to commit this sin, they had to be alone. They, have, they, had to be, they had to have been alone. And that's one thing we should try to avoid. Being alone with the opposite sex. Be careful where you go to this simple young man passed by the house. He didn't even enter into the house. By the house of the woman. Secondly, something else we can learn from here is that we should be careful with our the nature of our conversations. You know, when we are being social, some people don't know the limits. There are discussions you can have with people that will lead to thoughts in the mind that will bring about lewdness, that will bring about licentiousness. When people start to give information on things that will call out your sympathy, that will call out compassion, we need to be very careful because many times the mind is affected by these things and can be led into sin by it. Reading from Review and Herald, May 17, 1887, it says, There will be women who will become tempters and who will do their best to attract and win the attention of men to themselves. First, they will seek to win their sympathy. Next, their affection and then to induce them to break God's holy law. Those who have dishonored their minds and affections by placing them where God's word forbids will not scruple to dishonor God by various species of idolatry. God will leave them to their vile affections. It is necessary to guard the thoughts, to fence the soul about with the injunctions of God's word, and to be very careful in every thought, word, and action not to be betrayed into sin. In the end of quote, indeed, there is something called being betrayed into sin. I have known people to be betrayed into the sin of fornication by seeking to help that young lady, by seeking to help that young man who needed sympathy, who needed some affection. The affection was called out by some story, some story that was uh, a bit sorrowful. And then, in the person relating the story, either a lady or a guy to the opposite sex, then they feel like it is their duty to supply the lack of compassion or sympathy that the person doesn't have. But here are people with, of opposite sex. What will be the end of it? If you are wise, you know, I talk to some young people about these things and it looks to them as if I'm talking nonsense. If you are wise, you will know 
that it is not your duty to supply the sympathy or the compassion or the lack of affection that someone of the opposite sex is lacking. And even for married men too, you will know that it is not your duty to supply that lack of compassion. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 5, page 596, paragraph 1. It says, do not waste golden moments in frivolous conversation. Be careful with your conversation. Okay, I continue the reading. Allow no one to praise or flatter you or to cling to your hands as if loath to let it go. Be afraid of every such demonstration. When young men or even married persons show a disposition to open their family secrets to you, beware. When they express a desire for sympathy, know that it is time to exercise great caution. Married men who accept the attention, the praise and petting of women should be assured that the love and sympathy of this class are not worth the obtaining. End of quote. But some people, their heads are blown by these things and somebody feels like they come to confide in you. Oh, you feel good. Oh, this lady or this man, they trust me so much. They honor me so much to have confided in me this secret, to have told me about this thing that's happening in her life or in his life or in the family. Oh, she must really see me as somebody who can help. And you are flattered by the fact that somebody is revealing their family secrets or the secrets of their personal life to you. You must be cautious at such a time. You must be telling yourself, I need to be careful. Refer that person of the opposite sex to someone of the same sex as themselves who can be of help to them why don't tell yourself you're evangelizing guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life how many men have been brought down how many ladies especially men i would say brought down by the desire to supply the affection and compassion and lack of sympathy that another lady is relating to them you see them they come looking all uh, needy and then they are relating the story and looking so sad and sorrowful and the men are out their hearts are called out to them they want to supply the compassion and the sympathy that the person is lacking and in doing that they come down to a piece of bread that is what the bible says in proverbs chapter 6 chapter 6 when we that place we took our key text from if we continue it it tells us what the woman will do to the man proverbs 6 reading from verse 24 tells us to keep thee from the evil woman from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman lost not after her beauty in thine heart neither let her take thee with her eyelids for by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will haunt for the precious life there is no woman out there whose name is called adulteress or whorish woman it is your duty to have to identify the woman or the man they may look all religious they even wear very long garments and gowns it doesn't mean that they are all righteous they all have some of them have plans well laid out they know how they do it bible tells us learn lost not after her beauty in the in thy heart neither let her take thee with her google eyes with her eyelids when they come with the google eyes and they're blinking it at you when they come with their flattery words and they change the voice to make it sound very soft and so appealing to you and you are listening to it oh the voice sounds so nice the eyes are looking so good the face is looking so calm and very nice and then you are called out some married men will start looking at those women I feel oh my wife doesn't give me this uh, this kind of attention my wife doesn't supply the kind of compassion that this lady out there is giving to me and that's how they fall that's how they fall by the ladies out there and they neglect their own wives in the house the bible tells us proverbs chapter 6 verse 26 for by means of a whorish woman which is not written on anybody's face is left for you to identify by means of a whorish woman a man is brought down to a piece of bread Going on to verse 27, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be not burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet be not burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent, whosoever toucheth her. But if he be found, men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold, he shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committed adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Be careful, brothers, be careful, sisters. It is not your duty to supply the lack 
of sympathy and compassion that the opposite sex lacks. Be careful. Reading again Testimonies Volume 5, page 597, these are just direct counsels on what we should do in different situations. It says, do not place your reputation in jeopardy by going in the way of temptation. If a woman lingeringly holds your hand, and that doesn't just apply to men, if a man, because you see men do it, lingeringly holds your hand as a woman, quickly withdraw it and save him or her from sin. If he or she manifests undue affection and mourns that her husband or some, their wife, does not love her or love him and sympathize with him or her, do not try to supply this lack. Your only safe and wise course is, in such a case, is to keep your sympathy to yourself. Such cases are numerous. Point such souls to the burden bearer, the true and safe counselor. They can meet you on WhatsApp, YouTube, and they say, I have something to tell you. And then they start to pour into your ears things that make it look like, oh, this is just somebody who is lacking sympathy. And then you feel that it's your duty to supply the sympathy and you are all about going, trying to see how you can help the person. Oh, let's pray together. Let's do this. Little by little, you are falling. Little by little, you are falling. Point them to Jesus. Tell them to pray for themselves. Leave them with God. You are walking on a slippery slope. Don't tell yourself, Oh, I know how to handle it. I know how to deal with these things. Are you wiser than God? Are you wiser than God? Lead them to their fellow woman to discuss the issue or take them to Jesus because this is a serious issue. Do not see yourself as more spiritual than David or stronger than Samson or wiser than Solomon or these 24,000 who fell. Be careful not to think yourself that not to think of yourself as better than them or maybe they didn't do something right. These are the things that bring people down. It doesn't come just blatantly. It is little by little. And for the women and the men, we should be careful not to receive flattery. Flattery is one of the ways. We read it by the flattering of her tongue. What is the flattery? Just people coming to tell you secrets in their life is flattering. For them to come and tell you the secrets of their life is very flattering. You feel like, oh, I'm honored to know this. Signs of the Times, October 15, 1885, paragraph 4 says, I am pained when I see men praised, flattered, and petted. God has revealed the fact that some who receive these attentions are unworthy to take his name into their lips, yet they are exalted to heaven in the estimation of finite man, who reads only from outward appearance. My sisters, never fawn over pet and flatter poor, failing, erring men, either young or old, married or unmarried. You know not their weaknesses, and you know not but these very attentions, and this profuse praise may prove their ruin. I am alarmed at the short-sightedness, the want of wisdom that many manifest in respect to this familiarity. Reading again, the next thing you should be careful about is the dress. When we read here in Proverbs chapter 7, we saw clearly one thing that the, that was able to get that man, that young man. In Proverbs 7, reading from verse 10, it says, And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and a subtle heart. And this, this woman is blamed for it because in Proverbs 7, reading from verse 21, it says, With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. What does that mean? God is saying that it is the woman who was responsible. But one other thing we see that made her to do this is that she dressed in a way to attract. Count Testimonies, Volume 4, page 645, paragraph 2, tells us the love of dress endangers the morals and makes woman the opposite of the Christian lady, characterized by modesty and sobriety. Showy extravagant dress too often encourages lusts in the heart of the wearer and awakens base passions in the heart of the beholder. God sees that the ruin of the character is frequently preceded by the indulgence of pride and vanity in dress. End of quote. Many ladies will dress up and know that they are sexy. So what does that do to their mind? It's encouraging lust in them. They know. They know that their butt is sticking out. They know that their breast is showing. They know or the cleavage is showing. They know these things that its clothes is tight. What does it do to your mind, young lady, when you are dressing that way? You are just encouraging lustful thoughts in your own mind, not in another person's, in yours, your own mind. And also in the, in the mind of those who see it. But we read here in the Bible, just as the Midianitish women were destroyed, killed for what they did. Let no one deceive themselves. I hear some ladies say, 
why don't you control your eyes? Must must you be led into sin because of the way women dress? No, that's just you talking. You better hear the word of the Lord. God says concerning this woman in Proverbs 7, reading from verse 21, she is the one that forced him. That's what is said there. And the story of the Midianitish women should be a lesson to all of us. Because when Moses found those women and the captains of the children of Israel spared them, Moses was angry with them. In the book of Numbers 31, reading verse 13, it says, And Moses and Eleazar the priest, that is the father of Phinehas, that wonderful man Phinehas, and all the princes of the congregation went forth to meet them without the camp. And Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds which came from the battle. And Moses said unto them, Have you saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a great plague among the, among the congregation of the Lord. What happened next? They slew the women. That is the same way the Lord will slay the women who intentionally dress and talk and do things that they know clearly that they were doing it to lure men to themselves. Be very careful, young ladies. Be very careful. Do not deceive yourself with those words that I hear people say that it is not their fault. The men should control themselves. Of course, the men should control themselves, but you are not without sin yourself because your, your sin is even greater because you intended to lure. You intended to deceive. You intended to bring somebody else into sin. It is you who the Bible is referring to in the book of Revelation 2, who are those that hold the doctrine of Balaam that place a stumbling block for others that they may fall into fornication and adultery and idolatry. Be very careful how you dress. The Lord is watching and he will certainly repay just as the Midianitish women were repaid for luring people into sin. He will repay the women today in the churches and all over who intentionally are doing these things to lure other people into sin. Yes, it is no excuse for those who fall because even they were slain. They shouldn't have fallen. They should have taken note of all this wisdom that we're talking about now and not fall. But then they were betrayed into sin because so many people innocently, they do not even know that people are planning them to fall into sin and they just fall. But that's why we are going through the study to help our souls and barricade it so that we don't fall into the sin that indeed scars. It is a sin that scars. So many men of God have been scarred by it. People like we read in Proverbs 6, they will not despise you if you steal. But when it comes to this issue of adultery, oh my. That is the end of some people's career. Like we read, men do not despise others if they steal just so they can have money to eat. But even then, they will pay. But whosoever committed adultery, ah, the Bible says he's not wise. He will go down in shame. That's what we read. He will go down. A wound and dishonor shall he get. And his reproach shall not be wiped away. It is a different kind of sin. It is a sin that scars. May the Lord help every one of us that we do not fall into it. And that's why we're going through this. Another way to avoid it. Be careful. The kind of friends you keep. If you are keeping friends who always throws those suggestions into your minds and telling you of the evil things they've done, you are putting yourself into trouble. Why are you listening to their escapades and the plans that they have made in 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 the things they've done with men and the things they've done with women don't have those kind of friends also we have to be careful with the kind of uh, physical contact we have with people in the book of first corinthians 7 verse 1 we are told now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me it is good it is good for a man not to touch a woman some people are trying to be so free and lose it is our duty to avoid such things done to us you can see some people who are will even blame you and say oh you're too uptight tell them yes no problem that's how i want to be because you need to be careful you cannot be too careful when it comes to the matter of adultery and fornication you cannot be too careful where we read from testimonies volume 1 page 381 paragraph 1 talking about men especially ministers it says they should shun every appearance of evil and when young women are very sociable how do they do it? They come and they greet you, hey, good morning, and they hug you. And they come and they want to peck you. And they want to hold your hands. When they are very sociable, it is their duty to let them know that it is not pleasing. They must repulse this forwardness, even if they are taught to be rude. 
Such things should be rebuked in order to save the cause from reproach. Young women who have been converted to the truth and to God will listen to reproof and will be reformed. Yes, if the woman is really a godly young woman and you reprove her, she won't be offended with you. She won't be angry. But if they are angry, then leave them. They are not the people of God. If they are angry because you were, you told them don't touch my hands or you refuse to hug or you refuse to enter into a conversation that you knew is not going to be good for your ears. When you refuse those things, because many men are so weak, they don't want to, they don't want to offend women. And that's one problem with men. They don't want to offend in their words or in the things they say. They want women to love them. You barely find a man who can incur the wrath of the woman. They, they want to be known as the people's person. They don't want anybody to be offended with them. So that when they are supposed to do something in repelling the forwardness of women, avoiding those conversations and those sociability that they know is wrong, they don't do it. Because... They don't want to be hated. If you don't want to be hated, then you are not a Moses. Moses did things that made people to hate him. But then God loved him for it. Today, he's in heaven. So who are you trying to please? Try to please God and not women. We are told to fence our soul. Fence our soul with the counsels of the Lord that we may not fall prey to the devil's temptations. So, to go through it again, we are to be careful with the dresses that we look upon and that we wear. Be careful with our conversations. Be careful what you are looking at with your eyes. Psalms chapter 101 verse 3 tells us, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Be careful with the friends you keep also. Be careful the places you go to and be careful what you are listening to. Oh, the music need i say more about that the words that you hear in the songs they affect the mind and we need to be careful about that too we have a work to do to resist temptation those who would not fall a prey to satan's devices must guard well the avenues of the soul they must avoid reading seeing or hearing that which will suggest impure thoughts the mind should not be left to wander at random upon every subject that the adversary of souls may suggest girding up the loins of the mind says the apostle peter be sober not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance but like as he which has called you is holy be ye yourselves also holy in all manner of conversation first peter chapter 1 verse 13 to 15 and this principle from paul in philippians 4 verse 8 is something that we should use as our guide whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things and we must pray and watch that we fall not into temptations my brothers and sisters the lord would have us know that in this journey we must be careful satan will tempt us with what he knows that has always worked on men it worked on david it worked on samson it worked on solomon and it worked on so many other men when you see them in the bible you see them they fall into the sin 24,000 in one day they could have made it and the devil knows over time it has worked so he will do it again within the church and outside the church some of us have colleagues in our offices who would insinuate themselves into notice so that they can lure with both the speech address we must be careful because the devil is planning the devil is planning every time i could say more but i believe that the words we have heard from the word of god and from spirit of prophecy can help to barricade us that is the wisdom if it enters into our heart it is the knowledge that if it is pleasant to our soul then the discretion we have learned today will keep us and understanding will protect us from the evil man and from the evil woman i pray that we all are protected i pray that the holy spirit will continue to explain these things to our mind and make it in such a way that it applies to it applies to our various situations and the works of life for those perhaps you have fallen into this before you have seen yourself lured by the strange woman lured by the strange man like a stalk that is going to the slaughter you have perhaps been slaughtered but yet the, ba- the battle was lost but the war is not over you can get up again and begin your journey 
you can get up and start again and ensure that these councils that that the breaking of them the barriers that the lord has placed in these things that have been said will be lifted up to barricade uh, your soul so that you don't go and fall into this sin again there's hope for us there is hope for everyone do not be in despair over this issue are you right now as a stock in the slaughter you are being slaughtered by one man or slaughtered by a woman the lord is calling you come out from there you still have the chance now the lord is calling you use this opportunity to break off that engagement that sexual relationship that you are in use this opportunity as you hear this message to break it off and begin again with the lord change your ways many of us are intentionally luring ourselves and others into sin with your dress with the thoughts just the thought in the mind the intention that you actually want to lure someone to be a sexual partner or so-called boyfriend under the umbrella that i want to marry this person it's a criminal umbrella of marriage that covers all these things come out from those kind of behaviors it is sin and it is taking you away verily from Canaan. You will be a Midianitish man and woman, and the Lord will not permit you into his kingdom. But right now, he's calling, come out. Rahab the harlot was saved. Why? She had to change. She joined Israel. It is time to join Israel. May the Lord give us the grace to make that change and decision is my prayer. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the words that you have spoken to us today. We pray, Lord, for every one of us, whether those who are coming out, those who are really barricading themselves once again, or those who are reinforcing the barriers that they have had. We commit all of us unto your care, and we pray. As we go on our pilgrim journey, help us. It is inevitable that the devil will bring these temptations to us. As we climb higher, especially like we read, those who are in high offices, those who are in high holy positions, I commit them all to your care, and even those who are low. Please, Lord barricade our souls for us open our eyes to have the discretion to have the intelligence and wisdom to know the kind of conversations we should not have to know the places we should not go to know the people we should cut off from ourselves that should not be our friends and those who should actually be our friends help us lord not to be lured by the flattering lips and by the dresses and the things we read and hear around us that we should be protected from it help us lord from so that we may be saved somebody maybe is trying to come out of it lord i pray for such a soul that you will help that person to make the decision to break that engagement and that chain that has bound them in a relationship that is not good that is equal to this being lured by the midianitish men and women help the person to break it off and come into a newness of life it may be through the pornography it may be through masturbation it may be through the relationships any one of them lord i pray please grant us the victory that we may enter safely into canaan thank you for hearing and answering our prayers in jesus name i've prayed amen